Hello, my name is Bruce Suji, and welcome to our podcast, How to Succeed in University During the Time of COVID-19. In this particular segment, I'm going to be talking specifically about learning in a pandemic. If you're entering university in late 2020 or early 2021, you are facing a unique set of circumstances in post-secondary education. Your courses will be taught by faculty who are trying their best to teach in a pandemic environment. Before we talk about what this means to you, I'd like to quickly review the kinds of learning you may encounter. First of all, there's face-to-face. This is what you're most accustomed to. Face-to-face, or what is sometimes shortened to F2F, face-to-face, get it, can mean large lectures with 100, 200, sometimes over 1,000 students seated in desks watching a prof at the front of the room. It can also mean smaller seminars or tutorials where you may be asked to interact or discuss topics uh, as they come up. It can also include laboratories. Think bio labs or chem labs or physics labs where you might be asked to conduct some specific procedure. That's face-to-face. Like I said, that's what you're most accustomed to. Secondly, online. Here we're talking about a situation where the lectures and exams and discussion are all held in an online environment. There are actually two broad types of online course. What we call synchronous is when the students and the prof are all online at the same time. In contrast, what we call asynchronous classes include situations in which your professor and their students may be online at totally different times. A common manifestation is when you play pre-recorded lectures at a time that suits you. That's an asynchronous kind of class. And for both synchronous and asynchronous online learning, another option is for the professor to intentionally record lectures specifically for online presentation, or alternately, they may record a face-to-face lecture for you to play later. The effect of these different types on your learning will become clear a little bit later on. And a third type of learning situations I want to talk about here are what we call hybrid. And these are courses in which there's some combination of online and face-to-face elements. One particular type that we call flipped classrooms is when you watch the lectures on your own time and then get together with others in a face-to-face format to discuss the content and ask and answer questions. Another type of flipped classroom is when the lectures are face-to-face, but the exams and tests are all online. Most of your courses will embody one or more of the above three. And for both you and your profs, this is going to be a somewhat novel experience. Some of your profs who may be fabulous face-to-face teachers may have a hard time transitioning to online and vice versa. 
Believe me, teaching online is different from teaching face-to-face. Over the last five years or so, I've taught about 16,000 students in totally online courses. I've taught about 2,000 in hybrid courses and approximately 5,000 in face-to-face courses. I can tell you based on my experience that teaching online is more difficult and more time-consuming, in part because you need to plan everything in advance when you're teaching online. In contrast, I hate to break it to you, but many of your professors in face-to-face classes will just wing it. In part, that's because they know the material so well, they can just talk off the top of their heads. But for online courses, that is extremely difficult, if not impossible. Since you'll be learning and not teaching, why do you care about this? Well, you care because the situation will demand more of you and will ask you to exercise some different skills, and you may also have to adjust some of your expectations about your learning. Let me explain. Have you ever played with your phone in class? Talked with a friend? Fallen asleep? At one time or another, most of us have done something that might be considered at least somewhat unacceptable in school. We didn't misbehave all the time, likely, because we might get disapproving looks from our teachers, or we may have felt a little bit guilty bothering other students who were trying to participate, a bunch of other reasons. Unfortunately, learning in an online environment means that the rules that would ordinarily help to govern our behavior will be missing. We can fall asleep during a recorded lecture. We can go and play a video game or just do something on our phones. You can absolutely do all of these and more, but you will probably not do very well in that particular class. And the objective evidence of that is likely going to be your grades. You fall asleep in most of your online classes, your grades will show up. If you stay awake and take notes in your online classes, your grades will be a whole lot better. One of the key secrets to success in an online learning environment, in other words, in the 2020-2021 kind of pandemic learning environment that we're all faced, is that you're going to have to motivate yourself. You're going to have to police yourself. You have to force yourself to redo a lesson because you fell asleep the first time. Put a slightly different way, For you to succeed in a pandemic learning environment, you are going to have to learn the material and you're going to have to manage yourself a lot more than you might have pre-pandemic. Understood? Elsewhere, I talk about some of the tools you might use to help yourself with this task. Your professors may also be trying some classroom experiments that may not be entirely successful. As I said before, they're probably doing this for the first time too, and so give them some slack in terms of ideas and concepts in their teaching that just don't work out. Maybe it's trying to conduct a seminar seminar entirely via text, or maybe it's a video meeting with 500 plus students. You just might be seeing some spectacular fails 
in some of your classes. Let me talk a little bit about learning technology. In addition to learning the content of your courses, you're also going to be expected to utilize whatever technology your school has adopted. Most universities and colleges use software called a learning management system, shortened to LMS, on which most of your online courses will be hosted. The most popular of these are Blackboard or Canvas or Moodle, but there are also many others. Your LMS, your learning management system, will look like a website, but in all likelihood you will view your course lectures through it, contact your teaching assistants or professors using it, possibly engage in online discussions, and probably view your grades through that LMS. Unfortunately, the learning management system is not the friendliest piece of software in the world. In addition to all of the above, it's been designed to help professors post tests and assignments, grade them, and also to be very secure and private as well. And unless you are comfortable with your school's LMS, you will be at a distinct disadvantage with respect to your learning. Also, because a learning management system can be customized to some extent by each individual professor, often each course you access through it may behave differently, even though they're all posted on the same LMS. If there are instructional videos or other learning opportunities to help you get comfortable with your school's LMS, do take advantage of them. Otherwise, you may find yourself up against a deadline with no idea how to access the relevant assignment. A related issue has to do with your own personal technology. You are probably going to need a desktop or laptop computer with enough random access memory, otherwise called RAM, to handle lecture videos. You'll also need a wireless connection which is reliable and fast enough to download those course videos. Many of us often forget exactly how unreliable our connections can be. If all we're doing is watching a funny cat video, some pixelation or downloading problems can be forgiven. However, if you're relying on that video to tell you about some key part of your next exam, you may find that your internet connectivity isn't as good as it needs to be. As a simple test, make a note of how often the videos you stream freeze or cause your computer to crash. This happens any more than maybe a couple times a week. Uh-oh, when you're using it for real to access your courses, this could mean problems. This happens too often, you just might have to do some hardware, hardware upgrades before school starts. I know some students try to get away with just using a smartphone, but you are really putting yourself at a disadvantage. I really feel sorry for anyone who tries to type a 5,000 word essay on their phones. Optionally, some courses may require that you have a working webcam and or microphone. Make sure you read the course outlines carefully to determine requirements and leave room in your budget to acquire the necessary tech. Another topic I'd like to talk about is what I call pandemic expectations. Another change that you're going to have to navigate in these times is or involves your expectations. 
This plays out in several ways. The quality of the teaching you experience is likely to be a little bit lower than you would see otherwise. As I pointed out before, your profs will probably be teaching online for the first time and or they really do not like the online format and or they're still very early in their experimentation with the online format. As a result, you may find yourself with very poor quality video lectures or with formats that are not particularly interesting or engaging. In fact, some of your profs may have simply recorded their regular three-hour lecture without considering the fact that most of us have difficulty staying awake and attentive for that long, unless, of course, we're binge-watching one of our favorite series. Another way your expectations may have to be altered is in terms of your communication with your profs. Inevitably, most of your questions and comments are going to be communicated by email, and we tend to expect that even if we're posting a question at 3 a.m., we should get a reply by 3.05 a.m. And while sometimes that will happen, please don't count on it. A different kind of expectation is what your profs might expect of you. Please, don't start your email with the words, Hey! Instead, start your email with the more respectful, Dear Professor Smith, or Hello, Dr. Jones. Your professors are a different generation from you, in all likelihood, and they have expectations around the degree of respect that you should be exhibiting towards them. Unless you want to deliberately piss them off, which, you know, you might want to, but I'm just saying, unless you really want to piss them off, try to be respectful in your written and verbal communications with them. The pandemic may also challenge your expectations with respect to course difficulty. Several large surveys of current university students have suggested that many students believe that online courses are easier than face-to-face -face ones. At the same time, many of your professors are aware of this perception and are also acutely sensitive to the idea that cheating may be easier to do in an online course. For that reason, many universities and colleges will be taking special precautions to alleviate the problem. Some will be using different kinds of remote proctoring solutions that, for example, may ask you to turn on your webcam before starting a test or exam. Another approach is to use specialized software that compares the content of your assignments and essays to a large body of similar assignments. A third approach is to use the logging capabilities of your school's LMS to capture things like your internet protocol or IP address and compare it with other students who may be writing their exams at the same time as you. The idea of trying to use technology to beat cheating is a fast-moving field and there are likely many more solutions on the horizon. I deal with the topic of cheating in a little bit more detail in another section, but suffice to say your online courses will be about the same level of difficulty as the same face-to-face -face versions. And at the same time, most of your professors will be doing their very best to prevent you from doing any kind of dishonest behavior or cheating. Another aspect of learning in a, during a pandemic has to do with the idea that a lot of professors have the mistaken belief that since many of you spend a lot of time on social media, 
that you're completely comfortable with all technology. In reality, both you and your profs will be dealing with some technology that neither group will be entirely comfortable with. Both you and your professors will be outside of your comfort zones in another way, too. It's likely that you will feel a lot more disconnected taking a bunch of online courses than you might otherwise. The opportunity for you to casually meet and maybe socialize with some of your classmates immediately before or after a face-to-face -face class has traditionally been a great way to meet people. However, in the time of COVID-19, that opportunity will be taken away from you. You also know that many students in their first year of university or college suffer a decline in their self-esteem and often report elevated anxiety, stress, and depression. Being physically disconnected from your classmates is going to make that bad situation even worse. However, I hope that being aware of it, you might be better equipped to deal with it. As I said before, most of your professors will be teaching online for the first time. That means that their expectations and beliefs will be challenged as well. A professor who's been getting rave reviews for their teaching may be quite surprised that the version of his or her online course falls flat. Just be aware that you're probably going to be seeing some situations like that arise. Let me talk a little bit of, about good, better, and best online courses. There are many different factors, obviously, that you should take into account when first selecting your courses. Obviously, many degree programs may have particular requirements, and you absolutely should consult with your undergraduate program advisors and follow their advice closely. However, as I've hinted elsewhere, the quality of your online courses is a new factor that you may wish to take into account, as your award-winning professor may not have had sufficient time or resources to put together an award-winning online course. A different kind of example may help make the point. Do you have a favorite piece of music or song, but where you absolutely hate the video? If you do, you may encounter a similar problem in some of your online courses. You may love the content, you may like the prof, but the way it's being presented just sucks. It may take some detective work, but you should do your best to read course outlines or what are called syllabi, talk to people who have taken that course from that particular professor before, and talk to the administrative staff in the department that offers a particular course. You could even email or phone the professor involved. So what you sh should you be looking for in your online courses? First and foremost, interactivity. What I'm referring to there is a two-way flow of information between you and the prof. Or does it sound like it's entirely one-directional? Can you do things on your own? For example, online quizzes or flashcards that you can use to test your own learning. Are there features like that in a particular course? If there aren't, hmm, may not be as good an online course. Second aspect has to do with presence. Do you get a sense that the prof is going to be actively engaged with students? Do they have online office hours? Have they incorporated social media in the course? Or are they just kind of mailing it in and you can expect to not hear from them at all? 
through the entire course. A third aspect has to do with flexibility. Do you get a sense that flexibility seems to be baked into the course? Flexibility about uh, assignment dates, due dates, flexibility about the format for different kinds of assignments, flexibility about when and how you deliver certain kinds of things for your, for, to complete the course. Is there a lot of that or a moderate amount or none at all? A fourth thing has to do with technology requirements. Are the technology requirements of the course stated explicitly? You want to see exactly what's required before you sign up for a course. If, it, if you must have a webcam, for example, it helps to know that in advance. If you must have a computer with a certain amount of RAM, it helps to know that in advance. So look for those things, those technical requirements in course outlines. A fifth thing has to do with tests and exams. Courses with a final exam that's worth 50 or 60 or maybe even 70% are a throwback to an exclusively face-to-face -face classroom era. In an online course environment, there should be no test or exam worth more than about, let's say, 15%. There's just no reason for it to be more worth more than that. That means there's going to be more of them, but they're going to be lower stakes. They're going to be worth a smaller proportion of your total final grade. Finally, what I call equity. Do you get any sense that the professor is aware that some students may be living in different time zones and or with different technologies available? Is there any sense that the professor is aware of the potential diversity of students in their courses? If they are, that's a good thing. If your sense is that they aren't, hmm, maybe uh, move that particular course further down on your list of uh, uh, things to sign up for. The course syllabus, or what is sometimes called the course outline, is one of the most convenient ways of assessing all of the above. If that document isn't clear and concise, you should consider, consider it an early warning sign that perhaps the course itself won't be clear and concise either. Another thing is checking with the undergraduate advisors of the department in question. For example, if you're concerned with a psychology course, you should be able to find the undergraduate advisors responsible for the psychology department. You also might try phoning or emailing the professor themselves or do a Google search for their names. Be advised though that Rate My Professor and other faculty rating sites are notoriously accurate. If you look into them, you'll find that the people, the students who give professors the lowest grades, are also the ones that have a little bit of an axe to grind. In other words, they're saying that a particular professor is not so great, in part because they didn't get such a great grade in that particular course. Till next time, I'm Bruce Suji.